You're listening to a sermon from Hebron Baptist Church, a church in the northern Kentucky Cincinnati area that's committed to making disciples who make disciples. We want our love for God to be evident in our lives and for the Word of God to bear fruit as we go on mission across the street and around the globe. We hope after hearing this message, you'll connect with us on our website at hebronbaptist.org and visit our campus, not far from I-275 in Hebron, some Sunday morning. Our worship services are at 9.30 or 11. And now, here's a message from God's perfect, life-changing Word. Turn your Bibles, uh, either you or on your Bible, that you went to page 966, Acts chapter 1 and verse 1 through 11. Acts chapter 1, 1 through 11. Those who are guests with us, we are reading through the Bible together as a church, and we're kind of speedily going through the Bible uh, each week. And so each week I'm preaching on a passage that we have read, and today we've crossed the line, so to speak. Uh, into the work of the church that Jesus has come ascended on the move and that is our series on the move that us as Christians go on the move uh, with what Jesus has taught in his word and with the message of life given through the gospel of Jesus do start and begin a worldwide movement that has lasted over 2,000 years and impacted billions of lives how has that happened well, today we're going to look at that this morning. We're going to look at how Jesus promised that we would be better than he was. We do that at this verse 11. I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. And to the day he was taken up after he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to be convinced of and speaking about the kingdom of God. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which, he said, you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come to Lord, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he'd said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly by them, and heaven, this same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. Let us pray. And some morning actions. Lord, help us to not be double-minded people. Help us to focus on your word today. I pray that for myself this morning. That, Lord, that whatever your word says is what we hear. And I pray this morning, Lord, that whatever is said, that at some point would make an eternal impact on us. That we would be obedient. That we would be different. God, I pray we can words that you would help me stick to the Bible. And Lord, I pray that any power that comes today comes only through it and by your Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
over history, there has been many great movements of God. In the 18th century, there was the Great Awakening through the preaching of the Wesley brothers and Whitfield. The gospel spread through the British Isles and even jumped over the Atlantic over here to the colonies. A great movement of God. It is said that in, in Britain that a fifth of the population were saved and moved into the churches and forward the movements of God, there was the second great awakening, but one that doesn't get much publicity is the, the prayer services that started in New York City. Jeremy Land, uh, Jeremiah Lanfear started in, in a New York City, and over a couple of months, by uh, March, there were 6,000 people praying during the lunchtime hour in New York City, and then in greater cities all throughout the country, team saved. How did this happen? Why did this, these movements begin? Can this movement begin again? Well, the question is, how did it happen? I believe when is that Christians are to be powered by Jesus through the Holy Spirit to be on mission for Him. When we understand our rightful mission, purpose, and place, and that we are powered by the Spirit, God will do great things. I mean, we read this here in Acts chapter 1. We see that in the beginning that just a handful of disciples listened and watched Jesus ascend into heaven. And what happened over the next year? Thousands of people became born again, right? Thousands of people. Then became a church planting movement and, and a gospel movement, so to speak, in, in Europe and, and in Asia. And, and through that, it spread so in a few centuries that by the third century, that even the Roman emperor has said, we are a Christian nation. Why? Because the Christians were holding cold to the world that had said that I'm going to follow different religions and different things. The Christians were serving the world so strongly that it... it pulled people together. It pulled the very culture of history together. These great movements show that start that listen to Him, be empowered by the Spirit, and be on the move with His wonderful name. How do we have that same impact? Well, we do the same. That we, powered by Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, engage in name. Something amazing. He promised while he was here that we were going to do better things than him. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. Now, Jesus died on the cross for all mankind. I don't think any of us will be able to top that. Let's be clear about that. But what did Jesus mean when there's going to be greater works than even me? He's works. Jesus, I am empowering you with the same power I have from the living God. Go on to me. Do we want the same impact? Do we want to be able to be said uh, when our time is done that we have impacted the world with the name of Jesus? Do we want to be, uh, what do we want to have the impact of Hebrew Baptist Church? Do we want to say that we have been part of a church that's, that is self, uh, self-centered, inwardly focused, arguing about our preferences? 
Or do we want to be a church that is equipping with the Christ and going to the nations in his name? I think, friends, we want to, and what Jesus about here in these 11 verses, how Christians are driven by God to be on mission. How do, how do we do that? Well, first, we see that we are empowered by a message. We are empowered by a message. Verse 1 through 3, uh, Luke, uh, uh, it is very clear, there's many people who deny that the Bible is God's Word, but even uh, scholars who refute that will not refute that Dr. Luke is the writer of the book of Acts. He also wrote the Gospel of Luke. And as he says here in the first verse that I have written, this spirit has of the Acts of the Apostles. If I were to really rename this correctly for, its, for what is written in here, it's, it is the power of God through the Holy Spirit at work through the Apostles. It's, it's God's work through His people. And as we read this, we see what in verse 2, instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And after he suffered and also presented him alive to them by many convincing proofs, appeared to them over a period of 40 days speaking about the kingdom of God. Why did these people start a movement that is resulted in you here today. Why did these people continue to drive through suffering and trial and tribulation to share the name of Jesus? Powered for their sins and didn't stay dead, but is now alive. It is the message of a resurrected Jesus that drove them to tell about it. Uh, we read about this in Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In verse 3 he says, For I passed on to pour out also the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve, and then he appeared over to five hundred brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all as to one born at the wrong time. Friends witnessed and couldn't help but telling others about it. There is not many other messages that change your life. There's, there's very few. Maybe this. It's a boy. Or it changes your life. No other message changes us such as this. Jesus is alive. And if he is alive, then we can be alive. This message is something for us to be saved. Saved by and shared. Hallelujah. May we not lose sight of a miracle, of a message that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Jesus came, that he died for our sins, that he rose to life, that there's plenty of evidence to say this, and that by his presidents. This week has been going around the internet of a personal note that Ronald Reagan sent to his father-in-law. And the impact of the gospel on Ronald Reagan's life was to share it with his atheist father-in-law who was at the end of his life. He penned this letter to him and listen to what he said. Jesus, he has had more impact in the world than all the teachers, scientists, emperors, generals, and admirals who ever lived all put together. 
The Apostle John said, For God so loved the world that done, that not have been uh, we have been promised that all we have to do is ask God in Jesus' name to help when we have done all we can, when we've come to the end of our strength and abilities, and we've had, uh, we'll have that help. We only have to trust and have faith in the infinite goodness and mercy. And I love this. Loyal was his father-in-law's name. Loyal, you and Edith have known a great love. More than many have been permitted to know that love will not end with the end of this life. In promised life, your life and a greater glory awaits us. It awaits you together one day. And all that is required is that you believe and tell God that you put yourself in his hands. Friends, this is an important message. That Jesus is alive and that we can be alive with him. There is no greater news for, news for us to be empowered to go and live and tell the world about him. Secondly, how do we uh, go on the move for Jesus? We are in, this might be a serious to go in his name. In verse 4, he talks about and reminds them that he is sending a helper. And so uh, this is nothing new. He says, I've taught this before. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 3, he says, uh, it, this is said, uh, this is John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming is more worthy to He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power, excuse me, fire. Jesus instructed the disciples to be prepared because this promised helper is coming after he leaves. Empowering them great, greater than himself. Now, as we read through this, we see they say, well, Lord, when are you restoring the kingdom? And it shows there, again, a confusion of what to remove Israel was about that part. But I'm building my kingdom through you. I'm building a kingdom through spirit-empowered Christians who proclaim my name and touch every aspect of earth. God says here that he was teaching, Jesus is saying here that I am going to establish my spirit but through a gospel of peace, not through a declaration of war, but by the work of the Spirit, not by force of arms, political intrigue, or revolutionary violence. Jesus said, you will be powered by the Holy Spirit to go and... Now, instruction is going to come. I mean, excuse me, this power is going to come for a purpose. In verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, we say, okay, that's great. I'm going to get the Spirit in power to me. But then, and, that's important, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in the earth. Something that, that this message of salvation is going to leave from Jerusalem and go to the ends of the earth. Now, when he listed Samaria in here, these Jews who have been taught their whole people, if I go and, 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 and be around them, they say, whoa, 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 whoa. You're, tell, you're sending me? to tell them about Jesus? That's almost a Jonah moment here, isn't it? Like, you're, you're telling me to go and tell them? Jesus says, no, that's the reason you're getting the Spirit, 
so that you will go and tell. And not just stopping in Samaria, but to the us, we say, okay, it is hard for us maybe to, to uh, save up an airplane ticket that might take us a day's worth of travel. For them, it was going to take years of their luck. And no matter the cost, no matter how hard it would be, you will be empowered by the Spirit to make this happen. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 through 5, Jesus is saying the Spirit moves God's people to mission. And he says this, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the ministry of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasion, but with the power, so that your faith might not be based on power. What I said to you was not very imaginative. What I said was not the latest craze. What I told you was what I knew, that Jesus is crucified and he rose again. And guess who did the rest? The Spirit of God. Is this direct back to us to say, we know that the Holy Spirit is working in us and through us and empowering us. When we get those queasy feelings in our stomach that we know we should say something to a friend or we know we should invite someone to church or we know that we need someone to tell we say, no, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit that we share obediently and God does the work. Think of how freeing that is. Think how freeing it is to let us know that all we have to do is share and God does everything else. There was a missionary named Dr. Jackson who was on the mission field, and his Jeep had, 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 uh, had stopped starting. It wasn't starting very well. And so he had some kids, started, it started and everything was fine, and so he was able to do that. So for four years, he would park on inclines and different things to work out and make sure to start or the right, but he knew he needed the car to get around and get to the areas that he was serving. And so for four or five years, he was just doing crazy that his car would start. You know, he'd maybe get it started, then he'd run and jump in. And in and, and and about five years, his wife was getting sick. And so they were close to retirement, and the new missionary that was going to take their place came in. And uh, he was teaching this new missionary uh, how to... Doctor, do you mind if I did? Sure. And uh, after just a few minutes, he looked under the hood and wiggled a cable and said, Dr. Jackson, all you had to do was just tighten this bolt right up. Something as simple as relying on the Spirit, relying on Jesus, relying on the work of God. For two years, Dr. Jackson had used his own ideas and devices, and the power was available to him all along. Friends, how much do we need and rely on the Holy Spirit? How much are you relying on the Holy Spirit to tell others about the week I pray? I'm not around non-Christians a lot. I'm around you guys a lot. And I'm around not just opportunity and help me be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And, and just this past week, there was a man who, who God had just put us together. We started to talk about football and other things. And the very next day, there was a need in his life. And guess who he, he talked to about? Me. 
If I had not made myself available to him, if I had not worked with the Holy Spirit's leading, I wouldn't have an opportunity to talk to him about Jesus and, and opening up a door for ministry. Friends, last time on the when was the last time that even for looking for your car, angry because when did, when was the last time that you even prayed and said, God, I need you right now? We sing the song, I need thee every hour. And yet, when's the last time that we've actually, on the hour, prayed for God to use us and help us? The Holy Spirit is available to us in all things and in all ways. And if we want to impact the world, then we need to be empowered by the Spirit. Pray for our lost family and friends. We need to pray for opportunity. We need to pray for God to move. We need to be in Spirit enabled and empowered so that we might on the move. How are we on the move empowered by God? We are empowered to be on the move. They were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, this same Jesus who has been taking, taken from you in heaven will come the same way you have, uh, you have seen him going in heaven. The angels days that here don't you remember don't you remember what Jesus said he was going to come back to life and Jesus angels came on the road and reminded people again remember here watch they're with you know when he's seeing fireworks he's like you know look he can't imagine these fireworks I can imagine their mouths are open watching Jesus arise into heaven and the heavens opening and Jesus is going and the angels sort of show up and like, why are, you why are you still looking in the sky? Jesus has just told you. You're supposed to be on mission. Go. Quit watching. Quit waiting. Get going. Because Jesus is coming again. You see, us, part of the plan of God, that God left heaven and came to earth to live with us died on the cross to pay for our sins and then he rose again so then Jesus returns to heaven in the ascension the Holy Spirit comes upon us at Pentecost and then the church goes on mission until when as we are right now that's on the path that we are right now we are on mission for God and understanding this triumphant work, the, the, the cosmic plan that we even mind in our lives on mission for God. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in Christ's triumphal procession, and through us spreads the aroma of knowledge of Him in every place. For to God, we are the fragrance of Christ, among those who are being among those who are, that is talking about us. We are the aroma of Christ to the world. That we are to tell the message of Jesus. That yes, our works display that we love Jesus, but then we take the next step to tell them why we are thinking middle. Well, until Jesus comes again, you can be darkness and light. You can be the light and the darkness for your friends. 
You sister who work for home and, and are home caring for your family, God is giving you 24 hours in a day to be the gospel light to your children to or on the playground. You are the sweet aroma of Christ wherever you are. You brother who thinks that, God, why do you have me in this, this deadbeat job that I, I don't understand why I'm here. I don't know. Uh, this is not fulfilling. What would happen if you said, God, I need to be salt and change the beginning of your day? How would that change your experience at work that you are working for God himself? Friends, what about those who are retired? Friends, missions is not a part-time gig. It's a lifetime call. Till home comes to get us, we are empowered to be on the move. God who saves is the God who sent Jesus. And until we are returned home, we have the, uh, the wonderful joy and privilege of telling others of the joy we have in Jesus Christ. Friends, the church is a movement. And movements move. Moving. Ask they believed in the message of Jesus. Decency in Christian life always points to being out of touch with the urgency of the message of Jesus and blind to the glory of Christ. Engage in mission. This week, just invite one person to church with you next week. This week, think of and pray for one gospel conversation that you might have with someone. Tell them have in here today maybe you came by invitation of a friend and you say oh here the christian put me and recruit me on their team why are you doing this why are you telling me about this why do you do that at all you crazy christians why do you go tell others about this jesus well if i were to prove to you that i knew the future that i was able to say that this is what you know, the, the bingo score was this past Thursday. I told you this is how they were going to win. This is how much they were going to win by. And, and, and I was able to prove to you ahead of time that I knew the future. And I showed you that. And then next week, you know the future. So I can put a lot of money on that. And then, you know, I can really go on a nice little trip or something. And I say, well, yeah, I know. You fish. I mean, are you just gonna you just gonna keep that all to yourself? Are you just gonna you're just gonna keep it to yourself and all the riches and stuff that you had that you know about? You know the future and you know the riches that await. You're just gonna keep that to yourself? Well, yeah. You're gonna be pretty mad with me, at me, aren't you? You're gonna be pretty mad, well, friends. I do that, are, but I can't be selfish and not tell you about it. I want you to know that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died for you, and that you for Him. But not just that. Right now, you can experience the joy of being filled with the Spirit and being a child of God. Friends, look at Him today. Do you believe the claims of Jesus? Trust in Him. And if you have been saved, be on the move. Tell of Jesus, God, we're for the message of Acts that we are empowered by your spirit to live and go and do the work of the kingdom. May we be faithful. May 
who's here in family be come to Christ. May we see a ministry and a church built up, going and equipped to share the gospel to the ends of the earth. May you do a work in us that can only be explained through your spirit and through your power. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Hebron Baptist Church. We pray as you have listened, the Holy Spirit has worked in your heart that you may faithfully follow Him. Most importantly, we hope that you've been drawn into a relationship with God. At Hebron, we believe that the gospel is the central message of the Bible. The gospel is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, and died for our sins. But He was raised from the dead and ascended to the right hand of God. The most appropriate response to hearing this good news is turning from sin and turning to Christ. Don't stay far from God. Instead, repent and believe in Christ and be brought into an intimate relationship with Him. If you would like more information about this life-changing decision, please contact us through our website at HebronBaptist.org or even better, come see us on a Sunday morning. May God bless you as you follow Him.